Thank you for joining us here at the First Love Podcast with the First Presbyterian Church at Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Jonathan Warren has titled his sermon today, Walk with Hope. Our liturgist today is Merle Fox. And the anthem that will be sung by the chancel choir is titled, Offertory. Scripture reading comes to us from Acts 2, 14a and 36 through 41. Our gospel reading is taken from Luke 24, 13 through 35. We here at the First Love Ministries pray that you have a profitable, joy-filled, and peace-filled week ahead. The scripture reading this morning is from Acts chapter 2, verse 14a and 36 to 41. Let us listen to the word of God. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhortations, exhorting them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who his message were baptized that day, about 3,000 persons were added. This is the word of the Lord.
Our gospel lesson today comes from Luke chapter 24, beginning with the 13th verse. Let us listen to the word of God for us today. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. He said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? And they replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of the group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. As they came near to the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. During the height of the pandemic, the BBC played Jerry and the Peacemakers' 1963 version of the song, You'll Never Walk Alone. They played it every evening in support of first responders, medical personnel, and those in quarantine. If you don't know the lyrics, listen. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high, and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of a storm, there's a golden sky and a sweet silver song of a lark. Walk on through the wind, walk on through the rain, or your dreams be tossed and blown. 
Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. It's played every night during the pandemic. There's a powerful message of solidarity and hope in a moment of global fear. Now, this song is very fitting for today's scripture reading as these two walk on the road to Emmaus. And on this walk, Jesus' disciples are walking through a storm. While on this walk, a stranger joins them. They share how sad and distraught they are, telling the stranger how Jesus was killed and crucified. They're feeling stunned and confused since the women who went to the tomb said he wasn't there. Angels told them he was alive, so they went to see for themselves and didn't find him there. Of course, instead of walking through the storm holding their heads up high, they say, Luke 24, 21, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Imagine this simple walk to Emmaus seems like an eternity. A biblical scholar, Robert Hawk, reminds us there are some walks that are longer than others, not because of the miles or even because of the landscape, but because of the burdens. They're walking and walking and walking, carrying this heavy burden. I'd imagine these disciples aren't alone. While we might finally be past the pandemic, the burdens of anxiety and grief and hopelessness still linger. And added to that, we have other burdens that we carry. Some of us are struggling with illness, aging parents, a spouse or child in strife. Some are pressured at work, and exhaustion is turning into quietly quitting or burnout. Some are anxiously awaiting test results. Some have a family or close friend who's battling cancer. In the last nine months, many here have lost a spouse or a parent. We know others who've lost a child, a student, a loved one or a friend. Yes, some walks are longer than others. In fact, I got an update from Joe Anderson this week, and I asked if I could share it. She said, it's been almost five weeks since I tried to fly off the ski lift. According to the doctor, I'm doing remarkably well. I attribute this to all the Presbyterian prayers. I can walk with crutches. In fact, I walked around the block with Erica and Trent, but it took 24 minutes. Now, this is from a woman who, before flying off a ski lift and breaking her pelvis and shoulder in three places, would walk about four miles six days a week. She said it was 17 minutes a mile. Basically, one block on crutches took Joe longer than a mile, pre-injury and crutches. Just like the disciples and Joe Anderson, Sometimes our walks often stretch longer due to the weight of the burdens we carry. Now, thankfully, Joe's movement is improving. Most of us, uh, we'd still be down for the count, but not Joe. She's rested six weeks, and while she might be slower, 
She's ready to lead today's deacons meeting after church today as chairman. Now in scripture, when the two finally get to Emmaus, the stranger who joined them, like we read in scripture and like Sue shared, the stranger continues walking on, but the two disciples invite him to join that evening. And when he breaks the bread that they eat that night, gives a blessing, instantly their eyes are open and they can see clearly and they recognize that this stranger who is walking with them the whole day was Jesus. He is alive. What a surprise. After this long, burden-filled walk, they realize hours later that Jesus was with them the whole time. Jesus' surprise is just what these disciples needed. The one they had hoped to redeem Israel wasn't actually dead, but was alive, walking with them. Hope was walking with them, even when they carried all those burdens. One pastor says it may be the biggest surprise in history when the clueless traveler along the Emmaus Road turns out to be the risen Christ, now breaking bread at this table. Social scientists say we all need regular doses of surprise. Why is surprise important? It turns out that surprise works on the dopamine system in our brains, helping us to focus our attention, inspiring us to look at our situation in new ways. Certainly true for these travelers as they hurry back to Jerusalem with the news that the world is turned upside down. In the book, Surprise, Embrace the Unpredictable and Engineer the Unexpected, our surprise response has four stages. Freeze. When we're stopped in our tracks because of the unexpected. Stage two, find. When we get hooked into trying to understand what's going on, how this actually happened, The next stage is shift. When we begin to shift our perspectives based on conflicting findings and then share, when we feel the pull to share our surprise with others, all four of these stages are present for the walkers who encounter Jesus. When they discover it's Jesus that's breaking this bread with them, they freeze. They're shocked by this unexpected, amazing thing. Then they have to find an answer. They instantly start saying they knew something felt different on that walk. Their hearts were burning within when he was talking to them. Instantly, the hesitancy in Jesus being alive shifts from the women and angels telling them to now actually seeing it believing and knowing that Jesus is alive. And then finally, they, the book says, they share the news of a surprise, and it's instinctive. Sharing surprises with others can help us savor them even more and relieve us of what they call the cognitive burden of surprise. All of that finding and shifting that goes through our heads Of course, Jesus continues to surprise us, too, as we meet him on our own journeys. Now, I know most Presbyterians like things done decently and in order. We like to create a plan or a committee, and then they make a plan, right? 
truth is, life just isn't always neat and tidy. Surprises are a big part of life, not just for churches. I bet you've had a few surprises along the way. The same happens in our faith. Jesus' death and resurrection is one giant surprise. Surprises, as messy and unorderly as they are in this case, are exactly what we all need. On this faith journey, we must be ready to freeze and find and shift and share this surprise. I don't know about you, but I've found this to be true in my life. When Jo Anderson shared about her fall, I worried about her health, her family, but I also worried, I think mostly, about how she was going to handle sitting still for weeks. She's on bed rest for three weeks. Someone who walks four miles six days a week. Of course, most people, they'd still be resting, but not Joe. Even if it took her 30 or 60 minutes to walk around one block. And I imagine it wasn't just her daughter Erica and grandson Trent walking beside her. But Hope was walking with her too. If we learn anything from this walk to Emmaus, walking with faith means we must be open to surprises. No matter what we face on this walk, whatever blessings or burdens we carry on our walks, we walk with Jesus who brings us life and hope. No matter what we face, we are not alone in this journey. But we must be prepared some surprises be on the way. For hope always walks with us, even if we can't see it. Jesus' revelation is such a surprise that these disciples are compelled to share it. We learn that this long, slow, heavy walk that they had this day turns into a flurry of hurried steps back to the others in Jerusalem. Their surprise turned from walking, from carrying burdens they couldn't carry on their own, into walking with hope only Jesus can bring, knowing that we never walk alone. So this week, I challenge you to go for a walk, especially if you're carrying burdens. When you go on that walk, remember these disciples Remember what they saw on this walk, that they were not alone. Know that you are not alone. Remember these song lyrics, when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone. You'll never Walk alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College. Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 
217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night, and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you, either by email, mail, or phone. God bless, and may you have a peaceful and safe year.